Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. We have much to discuss uh, today. We want to hopefully finish sizing up the trade market with the minnows. I decided that it was going to be Chutoro is what we were going to call the mid-grade fish <laughs> last uh last episode uh so yeah minnows uh would, would maybe be it of the trade market I, I don't i think we went through everyone that we thought might garner a first round pick but uh, there's still a lot of players out there who yes could be pursued i mean there are a lot of good players last year that went for less than that so we'll, we'll talk about that but first we must john eliminate at least one team from the playoffs and i gotta say i was quite heartened to go back and look and see that neither of us had eliminated the jazz yet Wow. Okay. You okay. would have thought that when they were <laughs> seven and sixteen with like a negative eight net rating, like that they were awful. We might this have been is tempted. This is amazing how quickly they've turned it around because they just looked absolutely horrible. You know, and yeah. even and in the games like- Markinen played, they they looked bad. And even when I saw them yeah. in preseason, like they just looked like such a mess. And they really pulled it out of the out of the trash bin just with insane speed. Yeah, I, I, that maybe is a topic for another day. But I'm guessing neither of us will be eliminating them and i also though on the negative side of the ledger must inform you that the uh the forlorn five that you wrote about today and which we will talk about yes uh we have eliminated all five of those teams all of which are threatening to establish uh a new larger basement than the league has ever seen before yes so i will leave it to you then i think you it is your turn to go first not because i've rigorously tracked this of course (laughs) uh i can't remember if we eliminated the grizzlies yet we cannot. Yeah, we have not. We have only eliminated the the forlorn five. So yeah, I think okay. J- John Morant and Desmond Bain being out probably and Marcus makes Smart it pretty safe. And Marcus Smart, yeah, I mean they're they don't get to play the Warriors every night, so I'm guessing <laughs> uh, they don't have a a great chance of making the playoffs. And really, I would say looking at it now, every other team aside from them, I would give at least a reasonable chance of making the play in yes. as of right now. So yes, I would say the. Other so it does, yeah. The other 24 teams are all going going for it to, to at least some extent. Well, so let's talk about the Grizz then. The gap year, they exactly. sadly traded away the Golden State pick that maybe could have been a lottery pick also uh, to try to get Marcus Smart. Uh, as it turns out, Portland now has that. But they should have a very high pick of their own going forward this, this season now. Uh, my question to you is, did this year mean anything? Like what? What can, or, or can they just? All right, Steve Downs is healthy. Brandon, Brandon Clark is healthy. Uh, we'll keep Marcus Smart. He's going to do what we brought him in to do. Uh, John Morant comes back. Doesn't Bain actually look great this season? Before he got that grade three ankle sprain. Uh, you know our defense has come around a little bit. We're still competitive. We come right back. We should be uh, you know in the mix for home court advantage in the West next year. Or is there more that needs to be done? I think there's still more that needs to be done. I think the uh, 
one of the things that had really propelled them forward in previous seasons was that their second line players were so good. They had an, they had an advantage in every second quarter uh, because they they would bring in better players than the other team off the bench. And they just don't have that anymore. Their second line players this year have been a crushing disappointment almost unilaterally. And they they really need to fix the, the bench in the second unit. Um, and then I think too, the two injured centers, there's no, injur- there's no guarantee they come back as what they were. So they got to get a handle on that and figure out who's you know who's really their starting center next year who which if any of these two guys can they trust to come back from those injuries if not do they need to make a trade do they need to put their lottery pick in play this year which i think is a reasonable thing um are any of their recent first rounders actually keepers or should they be making a consolidation trade with those guys uh especially with the scarcity of roster spots and their tax situation uh they got to figure out if luke Kennard's option is worth picking up I think they have a lot of work to do on the back end of the roster, basically. Yeah, and little f- financial flexibility to accomplish it uh, because they do have Bain's extension kicking in next year. So you're going to have Morant making 37, Jaron Jackson 25, Smart 20, Bain now 35 or so to start next year. And But you do have Adams and Clark making a combined $26 million or $25 million, excuse me, and a few of these uh, like Zion. Williams makes six in the in the last year of his rookie deal so I think you if you are going to add some talent then maybe you try to ship those guys out is that getting a better center do you want to go kind of the nuggets route of like having an awesome starting five and just hope you can cobble it together better on the minimum market after this or maybe get more from like Santi Aldama or something uh, they would love I'm sure to pick up a, a wing who can actually play they just yeah. still don't have that and and Marcus Smart was kind of supposed to be wing ish and i'm not sure whether you can kind of trust him to stay healthy i guess that would be another question john like would you consider trying to remove marcus smart at this deadline like have you because he didn't give them what they hoped although yeah. obviously he was quite injured but that's could well be the case going forward too i i think it has to be on the table i don't get the sense that's going to be where their focus is i i i do think they want to get because they they still want to have another point guard around a yeah. because Morant gets hurt a lot b they just they just need to be able to not go six and 19 if he misses time. Um, so I, I, I think keeping smart around does make some sense for that, but they need like a real six, seven guy. And they hope that Williams or Roddy or LaRavia could be one of those guys. And they're, and they're just not, uh, Vince Williams, uh, off the two way, I think is a keeper at some level, but he's probably more on the good team. He's probably more like that, that reserve wing that comes in. And so the acquiring that piece, I think is the most important thing. And then the center part of it would probably be the second most important. Yeah, and only they have an understanding of how Adams and Clark might come back. Uh, and uh, Brandon Clark is already going to be 28 next season. And Stephen Adams uh, will be 31 next season. And yeah. uh, Clark is, in particular, is kind of relying on athletes. I mean, Adams, you hope he can be someone who will just knock some heads forever. But, you know, he's probably going to be more, even if he is effective, kind of moving more into like that 20 minutes a game type of role. And then Smart, too. I, I, they acquired him with the idea, like, okay, well, he can start at the three and then move into backup point guard. I think 
at his age, I don't think he can play that many minutes. Like, I think he needs to be more of a 25 minute a game guy, right? Than the I mean, as well, with his style, getting like a legit six seven guy who starts and playing Marcus Smart as your third guard, like, I think that has to be on the table. Yeah, so that they do have assets to go do that. Do you think that your approach would be, hey, we got to go for it right now? Like, we're willing to give up future picks, we're willing to give up this lottery pick here that we're gonna have to now, you know, if they could, if they're in a position to draft like a ron holland or something like ron holland is not you know a perfect player by any means but he's someone who in theory could like fit into what they're trying to do pretty well in the end yeah uh, but that's but it, it yeah I, th- I think if they end up like winning the lottery i think they'll keep the pick but if they end up with this yeah. sixth or seventh pick which is probably the most likely outcome then i think that has to be in play especially like it's kind of a weak draft it's probably not going to be immediate help i mean the nice thing is you theoretically morant bain jackson that gives you something of a run way because they're all in their 20s but i mean with with morant's kind of physical profile you i i don't think you i don't think you say to yourself oh we got all the time in the world just because the players like that the the trajectory historically is they don't play till they're 37 you know what i mean like so and 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 let alone with all the other stuff that's going on so uh you know jackson will be a free agent at some point his contract may be difficult to extend the way that money declines uh I, I I just think you you really want to take advantage of this moment if you're Memphis and you don't want to be you don't want to be reckless you don't want to do like a Dejounte Murray trade like the Hawks did but I I think you do need to be opportunistic if there's a truly good player out there yeah I think that's right now we've noted that these kind of mid lottery picks. It can be hard to make a trade. We've seen Portland try to move a pick like that. We've seen yes. Dallas try to move a pick like that. And actually, both of them ended up drafting guys who are really good, Sharp and Derek Lively, instead. So, But we haven't seen for a while a team that does one of these quote-unquote gap years actually move that pick for for help. It seems like a, a lot. And so, particularly with the Grizzlies being so expensive, anyone that they move that pick for is going to be another major salary and if they move to the bigs then they need another big as well so a lot lot of interesting pieces but i I agree with you i think they need to be aggressive they need to take this era to its uh, the to its apex whatever that is in the next two to three years and so you do try to do that um so you wrote about this today i've been hitting on it as well so wait wait wait. so is that is that the only team we're going to eliminate from the playoffs do you want to eliminate another team i mean do we want to make this a but little that would be hard ourselves i mean we're just like <laughs> well i was thinking I, I we had a lot of stuff to get to so i i wasn't sure we had time to actually talk about okay, uh, okay. if we're gonna eliminate a team i think we need to do them justice by you know properly talking about how miserable their future is so <laughs> I, I, I don't know that we have time to do that for the atlanta hawks right now <laughs> I watched them lose at home to the Wizards by 28 on Saturday. Uh, that was that was not good. So I, I I also because you wrote about it today, I do want to talk about the sure. forlorn five and why they all suck so much. I want to bandy about if there's a reason why we're seeing this unprecedented level of terrible right now at a time when a the new lottery odds are supposed to prevent tanking. B this isn't a great draft. And see, like, all of these teams, other than maybe, I mean, I would say Portland and Washington were not really trying. 
this year. Yes. Uh, like they didn't come into the, but, and San Antonio, I don't think they were like expecting to make the playoffs or anything. We thought maybe they could be like, we thought all these teams would be competitive, right? Like I think the lowest over under for any of these teams was the whiz at like, you know, 23 and a half or something, which is a, a pretty high over under for the worst team coming into the season. And yet they've all been nearly historically awful. I, I'll start first with a theory mm-hmm. on why that is. Okay. I think that the regular season is just being taken more seriously by the teams that actually are good this year. I think it's just harder to win games in general this season. You noted how these teams basically only ever win against each other. And so that to me is an indication that you saw the in-season tournament, right? Like these teams, did these five teams win a single game combined in the in-season tournament? I think there were 0 and Port- Portland beat Memphis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Memphis without John Morant, right? Like a, yeah. another team that had had no chance and they barely beat them. Yes. I think that's it though. I think Charlotte, San Antonio, Detroit, and Washington. No, no, no. All... Char- Charlotte beat Washington. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> uh, so I think teams, because of the in-season tournament, because of the TV deal, because of the 65-game requirement, just because of the overall league emphasis, the league policies, I think it's actually has been harder to win games in the regular seasons. I think teams have been largely going for it. Uh, and maybe we're seeing maybe a little bit more rest now in the dog days of January and uh, leading up to the deadline. But I, I'm sure then after that, we'll see more teams fighting hard again as uh, the playoff positioning race heats up. So it, could that be it? That it's just like these teams in another year wouldn't be so awful and they just because they're not coached well and they're young and they have injury absences and stuff they just like can't win games i think it's partly that and i think also the the fact that we're a more offensive league i think has stretched out stretched out the scoring margins in games so it's it's hard to just like stay close Hmm. and hang around and squeeze out a 93 90 um and then also i think because it's more of a skill league it may have widened kind of the just just the general distance between top and bottom that you wouldn't have seen maybe if it was a little more of a you know mid-90s two-point strength-based league uh so those those are a couple of my other pop theories for why we're seeing it. then obviously the usual gremlins of like mismanagement and injuries and whatever but i, I think la- layered on top of that is you know the ingredients are kind of in place it's very weird though you usually don't see this kind of disparity unless it's like an expansion and right. like we have like we haven't had that obviously in ages um yeah. and you're also not seeing it at the top end either necessarily i mean it's the best teams have a little bit better net rating than they did like maybe the last two years but uh you know you're not seeing like four teams on pace to win 60 games the way you're seeing four teams on pace to lose 60 five teams on pace to lose 60 excuse oh, me I'm sorry. and like yeah 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 five teams on pace to lose 60 yeah and, yeah. and some on pace to lose uh 70 <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, so so yeah maybe maybe that's that's part of it i think maybe the, also it's just uh, i it was funny you know i was, I, ha- I have conversations around the league pretty regularly and you'll hear especially from the old ads ah you know they these guys don't know how to play like a, not developing as well anymore and i i think it's the it's the opposite i think the game is more cerebral and punishes mistakes more than it ever has like sets are more complex there's more improvisation if your transition defense sucks you're just going to get punished with a three or a dunk because of the spacing that's out there and the intelligence that good teams play with and i think the coaching has never been higher as well and quite frankly i would say if you look at the the coaching it hasn't been particularly good for these teams this year either no and so 
maybe maybe that's a part of it also is that you're, you're just having a young team that's not incredibly well coached is just harder to deal with than it ever has been because yeah yeah uh you know it's detroit is kind of fascinating because i i don't think they thought they'd be good but i think they thought they'd be like respectably <laughs> decent like more like memphis level bad you know like they'd be 15 and 25 yeah. right now yeah and they are just abjectly horrible and obviously set the league league record now some of that is mismanagement and whatever but i i, I think also everyone's just just a little surprised at how how stark the difference is between them and even an average team right now yeah you noted it in your piece that usually the true awfulness comes after the deadline when teams trade away their veterans and go for go for the tank and go for playing young players we haven't even seen that phase yet exactly you know like how many times have we said this year these guys shouldn't be that better if you compare just the list of players on these rosters to awful teams of the past and like i think that these teams have more talent and are better than a lot of those teams so uh, i think maybe it's just that the rest of the league is more difficult at this point in time like that's the only conclusion i can ultimately come to it's i i still feel like i'm i'm grasping it like i was asking myself this question all weekend obviously i had the wizards and spurs come through town so it was (laughs) very salient in my mind (laughs) um and yeah, you know, it's five individual cases. I mean, she, Charlotte's reasons are different from, say, Detroit's reasons. Um, but I, I, I do think kind of the the you may have hit on something there with kind of the intersection of youth and coaching, and that if you just if you if you aren't sharp in this league and have your have your act together, you, like you said, it's just it you're just going to get punished most nights. Because you look at who's playing for these things. Like Portland, maybe is an exception with some of the injuries that they've had. They've put and out Portland, some truly tragic yeah. lineups w- w- yeah. when they've been injured. On the other hand, they've been probably the most respectable of the bunch when they've had their real players available. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, for Portland, they just like haven't had centers available. It's been it's been pretty tough. So at times, Ant missed a bunch of time. You know, Shaden Sharp has missed time when uh, Malcolm Brogdon has been made a huge difference for them. So, yeah, and they've they've had when they've been injured, one of these teams teams where you look at it and like okay this is awful but yeah when you look at like it's not like the spurs have been playing blake wesley every single second right like you don't see these just like absolute tank commanders out there for some of these rosters unless it's the coach just affirmatively playing them over better players looking at yeah. you monty williams but yeah, I mean, most of these guys are like, you know, you're not looking at a Houston from last year where like Ty Ty Washington and Deshaun Nix are playing, you know, a combined <laughs> 2000 minutes or some shit like that. Like you're not seeing that with these teams. They just they just have lacked the cohesion. Uh, I think that's necessary to compete at this point in time. So, yeah, I guess that's the best I can come up with. Uh, if you're if you guys have theories uh, on it, go ahead and uh, tweet at us or give us uh, a YouTube comment. Uh, you can su- subscribe there at uh, Nate. Duncan NBA as well. See our uh, hilarious faces. I, I will offer. Episode. I will offer one more thing. I, I okay. do think in the current era of the NBA, where players do miss more games, it is more important that you make a sincere effort to fill in the back part of your roster. And like Portland and Charlotte did not do that at all, and so no. they they are getting harshly punished for that now because they put out lineups that have absolutely no chance at all. Yeah, I, Charlotte might be another one where they just when Lamelo is out, they just don't have any guard. Yeah. Right? So, so maybe that just uh, ultimately adds to that that tank commander aspect for them also 
Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash per are right, you gonna talk a little trade deadline here sure yeah yeah so who is the best player you think who could help a playoff team the most that we have yet to discuss we talked about we talked about tyus jones already right i think we did yeah 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 uh gotta be buddy healed now the only issue is the playoff team he might help is the indiana pacers who are 23 yeah. 17 right <laughs> They've stayed afloat pretty well without Halbert. I mean, they, they've had a, a couple of rough losses over the weekend, but like they're, they haven't just been, you know, they're not on pace to go like one and 11 while he's out. No, that, another team who came into Atlanta and mashed the Hawks this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, probably the biggest 
thing that's happened for the trade market is this Utah resurgence. Yes, which is important on a couple levels. Uh, one, does it take out of play guys like Kelly Olynyk and Jordan Clarkson if the Jazz are like, wait a minute, like we're we're good, <laughs> like we can we get. But on the other hand, still, like, what level does this Jazz team really get to? I mean, there there are four pretty awesome teams in the West that I still think the Jazz like they have no chance of getting to that level, right? Sure. Yeah. I. I, I but I. I think. You know, there's been noise out of Utah, and we talked about this previously, of them wanting to get that obligation done with, that top 10 protected pick that they owe to the Thunder, to just get that over with. Yeah. So if they're if they're playing this well, maybe that does add an incentive to just continue to keep the foot down a little bit in a way that they didn't uh, a year ago. And like they're, yeah. Low-key trade guy on the Jazz, Simone Fontecchio. He's too good. They right? like he's the only three that they've ever had. Like they they need to hold on to him. Like they and he's restricted too. That's the other thing that's important. He's an expiring contract, but he's restricted, so they yeah, early they, they will yeah. be able to bring him back. Yes, yes. Small cap hold too. Actually, only uh, if they wanted to use cap space this off season, uh, which they do to renegotiate and extend Markinen, that that will be important. You think they'll pick up that guarantee on him, uh, Markinen? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I I would imagine so. I would imagine they could so. they, could, they could wave him and be. Be done for just six million. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, so yeah, obviously to renegotiate extend. I mean, Markin has been fantastic this year. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, I presume, is available. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't imagine that point. that would no. Um, so yeah, you know, Sexton has been awesome for them too. Uh, that's really great to see because he, he seemed to, at one point like he was going to be a big loser in terms of the business of, of the league because he tears his ACL before he's going to be a restricted free agent. Then he mm-hmm. at least gets bailed out in the sign and trade to Utah. And and now it, like Sexton's looking like another really good player. And like he was also part of that that Mitchell yeah. deal. How good does that trade look, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, particularly with Mitchell's future in Cleveland in question now. So I yeah, I, I mean I think like is Danny Ainge's approach this year gonna be different than it was last year when they had kind of a similar team? I think I think it will be because I I think I think this year's team is is much better than last year's team. Even though last year's team stayed in the playoff race for a while, I, I just think there's more talent this time around. And like you know, at the at the higher end, especially, and then kind of just the one through ten depth too. Like I just like this is a, this looks like a good team right now. And so you almost wonder they still have to preserve that cap space next year, but you wonder if there are some interesting things they could do around the edges like could you take john uh john collins and taylor Hendricks and trade for like one really high level guy um and maybe one of the future first you know what i mean could you make could you make a trade that that improves this year's team if it still improves what you have going forward as well uh so i think there's some interesting angles to look at for them that way too yeah i'm not sure who that would be siakam is one that maybe kind of comes to mind but that would uh, maybe vaporize their cap space this offseason with a, a big cap hold like i actually the fit of him and Markinen wouldn't be atrocious, not quite ideal, although right? yeah, but not ideal. And you know, do you do you want to lock into paying Siakam going forward? And eh, you know, I'm not sure about that. 
uh, for them. And I'm not, I mean, you would think the two things that they in theory could use are like a premium ball handler slash score on the perimeter. And then, you know, another three type of guy to complement what Fontecchio has been doing them, uh, doing for them. Uh, but you know, OG Ananobi is not, I mean, most of the guys, the problem with Utah is most of the guys who are available are guys who are coming. The reason they're available is they're coming up to free agency. And then there's the, the issue of potentially re-signing them for where this team is right now. Yeah. Like the thing you really want to do for Utah is if you're Utah is like trade for Paul George, guess what? You're not getting him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they're, they're like the, the level of player they need at this point is almost unattainable for them in, in some ways. So it's going to be interesting to see like, what's the deal that's actually out there and possible for them. So in any event, yeah, I, I guess the projection is that these guys are not going to be available, right? Like Fontecchio would have been someone who's pretty interesting. Like all these guys are like, oh, maybe they're underrated. Like, you know, Chris Dunn, he's, you know, someone that they're, they'll have early bird rights on him. They, they could potentially bring him back as well. So I'm, I mean, maybe the bloom comes off the rose in the next month or so before the deadline. But I mean, they're what? They're 15 and four in their last 19 games. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, if you can be, and they're not that far away from, if they continue on this pace from maybe, you know, being at least in the top end of the play in or even fighting for a top six seed. I mean, if you can do that, you probably just need to, uh, I think, e- even if I know, I know Danny Ainge is like, hey, I'm trying to build a championship team. I, this small potato stuff doesn't interest me. But particularly with the pick out there, uh, and it's different than last year too, because last year's team, they started like, I don't know, 10 and three or something. And then it was kind of clear that they were just, you know, a nice story, but around 500 near the deadline. This year's yes. team, they started off terribly. Now they're playing really well. So it's kind of the opposite where it's like, man, can are you really going to break this up when we have 15 and four in our last 19 games? It's a little different story. Yeah. The the one guy I think that's probably going to be available either way is Kelly Olenek. J- just with his age, like he doesn't really fit the age profile of the rest of this team. If they could get something for him, I think they would probably go ahead and do that. Open some time for Taylor Hendricks. I, I disagree with you. I, I mean, for what, two seconds? Why? I he's I really important what like, they do is he is, is he going to be back next year or do you need that do you need that room to do marketing yeah, I, I mean they could that are more interesting yeah they could even give him like the room exception for a couple of years right like that's that would be a possibility uh, I mean I guess marketing he if he's making 18 next year his max would be 42 so they would need 24 million basically to bump him up to the max so they would still have about 10 million or so in room that they could work with probably you know depending uh, cap hold for Fontecchio you know maybe maybe it would, it would be get a little dicier there uh, but they, they could probably still create at least uh, I think enough room or re-sign him with the room exception so I, like I, if I'm Danny Ainge I'm not interested in moving these guys for seconds like yeah okay you're gonna give me a top four protected first from the Lakers like now nah, I'm interested but I, I don't <laughs> think any of these guys right. bring you that level of value yeah, that would be that would probably be their their dilemma. I don't know. I it, the the Olympic part is interesting to me. They've probably had like if you're in Utah's position, you've had meetings internally where you're projecting out the cap and figuring out who your priorities are to keep. So you you sort of know already if Olympic's probably going to be on your team next year or probably won't. So that, that that to me would be the interesting one. That's where I might still do it for two seconds. If if I knew if I had mapped everything out and I knew he wasn't coming back, that's where I still might do that. Yeah, and I'm I think like Kelly Olympic is just a great boon for young players because he can shoot he can pass a little bit like you know all right he's not going to defend it all but you can play him with walker kessler to kind of solve that issue and he's basically like their you know their fourth guard in terms of like his passing role uh, on the team so i i I like him there i i would just and you know clarkson is playing really well in a bench role now also i i'm 
I'm kind of bummed out because I like trades, but I, I don't, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me unless the team is really like, yeah, we'll give you like a good first rounder with some upside for some of these guys. I, I doesn't make sense to me. Now, maybe they just, they drop back, they play 500 between now and the deadline and they're kind of like, all right, you know, is this, yeah. where is this really going? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who we may be, all the jazz guys, the ones we didn't talk about yet. <laughs> is there anyone else that's like, that's intriguing to you at this point? I, d- I don't think Indiana would move TJ McConnell. I, I think teams would like him. I'm not sure he's a guy that gets moved. Uh, oh. Yeah, another another guy where do you really need another couple of seconds for a team that's like trying to make it into the playoffs for the, the first time in a while? Now, now, McConnell will get into the playoffs and instantly be reduced to playing five minutes a game because of his limitations. But uh, in the regular season, he's a very, very valuable player. Yeah, and then they still have him for next year, too, with that partial. So I, I don't think they'd be in any hurry on him. Uh, interesting name, uh, Luke Kennard. You know, we talked about the Grizzlies before. 14.7 million team option for next year. And that option basically puts the Grizzlies to the first apron, basically. Uh, if yeah, not they, should, they should move him for sure for yeah. that reason. And if that's the case, what is the what is the thing you're trying to get back? You know, it's so interesting for Memphis because it's like, oh, well, they have no shooting. And then it's like, well, let's trade Luke Kennard. Like, wait, he's the only guy here who can shoot. Uh, is there some kind of consolidation trade they can make where they do a three for one with like a couple of these guys like Conchar and LaRavia or something and get back, a you know, even if they have to trade a future pick because they have all their future picks right now uh to, to get back you know the elusive six seven guy that they need even if it's a 20 million dollar player or whatever can they consolidate Kennard and clark and and future draft equity and do something there i, th- I think if they were going to take like a larger swing that's something they'd have to look at because if, if it's just them dangling luke Kennard, it's again what are they really getting back like it's probably two seconds again right if if that maybe yeah. maybe even one frankly because the, there is the possibility given how injured he's been that they just decline that team option and they could bring him back at a lower number that's a good point yeah so may, maybe that's the route that they would end up going because they would still have bird rights on him to possibly bring him back so and i do think that they are interested they like him next to jaw when he's been out there with jaw and the limited amount of time that he has been their offense has been pretty good but it's also tough to play him and jaw together for you know, real moments in the playoffs either with the side and defense limitations. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the playoffs last year. I mean, they tried a little to play like Ja with Bain and Kennard, but they, I mean, they were just so small compared to the Lakers when they when they tried to do that stuff. Have we talked about Alec Burks yet? The resurgent Alec Burks, who torched the Washington Wizards last night. Uh, yeah. He's a guy who certainly Detroit should be looking to move. But if we had a list of things Detroit should have done over the last four years, uh, it'd be pretty extensive, right? So I've... I think they don't move him just because they don't want to set the all-time loss record. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, right. especially if, if they don't uh, especially if they don't bag a few wins between now and the middle of February. Like if they're already at 9 wins on February 3rd, then I think they're okay trading him, right? Yeah. Well, they'd have like, to win 5 times between now and then, so Are you saying that's unrealistic? <laughs> Uh, do they just do they play like a couple of baseball series against the Hornets coming up? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Burks and Bogdanovich, I'd, I'd say, are the two guys for Detroit, right? Yeah, and we talked about Boyan last week, and again, I'm just if there's not a first rounder out there for him, is does the old five seconds 
is that going to get you there? You know, the Lakers do have like four seconds to offer. You know, mm-hmm. would they, would you take back Rui Hachimura and some seconds for Bogdanovich? Hachimura might actually be, I'm, you know, a reasonable player for these guys. I might actually think about that. And then they could, you know, continue to rebuild the Wizards, which would be nice. You know, they already have <laughs> Monty Morris and Mike Muscala and Gallinari. So uh, you'll never guess who Gallinari's agent is, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out when he signs his six-year, $280 million extension. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it's Mike Tellum, by the way, for, for those who, who don't know. I, I So I imagine Gallo will will get whatever he wants in a buyout, potentially. Though It's it's possible to me that that trade was made with the idea that those guys could actually help them with their shooting a little bit. I'm calling me a little skeptical there. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe? Like, I don't know. I mean, Gallinari obviously is so flammable on defense that his role is pretty limited. Like, Muscala could actually probably help them more than the backup fives they've been playing. Muscala. I might be done. <laughs> I, he's hand. been one of the more <laughs> underrated players. Like he, he's made a legendary career of having like a great net rating on awful teams that have no shooting other than him the last few years. But it seemed like maybe. <laughs> Maybe the genie is finally out of the bottle for for him in Washington, where he hasn't really even been able to get ticked there. Right. <laughs> How about some of these Toronto guys that are a little more on the like uh, Chris Boucher, Jalen McDaniel's, Gary Trent Jr. Toronto's fifteen and twenty five right now. I still think they can make a little bit of a push, but it's going to be they're not going to get into the top eight in all likelihood unless yeah. one of these East teams just totally falls apart, and they're still mired in twelfth place right now as well there is there is the temptation to to have the league's sixth worst record which is still very attainable for toronto you're playing with fire a little bit on that top six protection right but it is kind of kind of out there just kind of <laughs> tempting them dangling uh siakam is obviously the big domino but you know people in the league have talked a little about jalen mcdaniels and just whether he could fit in better as a role player somewhere else it's kind of weird that they hadn't played him he's on a reasonable contract so he's He's, he's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, scouts talk about wondering if maybe he could be a, you know, a, a guy who fares better someplace else than in Toronto. I don't think you're really going to get anything for him, though. He'd just be sort of an adjunct piece of a trade. Gary Trent is probably the one guy who'd maybe bring back something because of his shooting. He's still fairly young. If you valued his bird rights, I think that might be worth something. I don't know if you're going to pay him 18 and a half next year. He hasn't been that good this year, but he's he's probably the one guy that teams would look at and say, okay, would, you know, either we'll give you expirings in the proverbial two seconds, or we'll give you a bad contract with years on it and take back Gary Trent and, and we'll do the deal that way and we'll maybe we'll give you a little more. Yeah, Trent hasn't had the best season so far. Like, he's kind of, it just doesn't fit in quite as well as a starting shooting guard. Like, he's not, like, quite a good enough just, like, floor spacer, three-point bomber. Like, he still wants to do stuff with the ball and jack up bad shots off the dribble. And then he also, you know, is really hasn't developed defensively either you know i think mcdaniels actually would be an interesting piece for like a phoenix where they could 
send out a, a couple of their minimum guys. One of the seconds, the Horcrux yeah. seconds that they managed to accrue, and would Toronto just do that? It's kind of if they're you're not playing McDaniel's. McDaniel's has what four four million next year, also four point so seven. That's... You know, you know what makes that a sneaky move for Phoenix is that it gives them a bigger contract to trade from next year when the when the rules get harsher. Yeah. So that, that I don't know that might that might be an interesting one for the Suns. I like that. Yeah, there isn't anyone else I look at. You know, maybe the Kings could use McDaniel just another kind of body at the three uh you, you know uh maybe the Clippers, Clippers would Clippers, be another yeah. one I think the Clippers are going to be in the market for kind of one more back-end rotation guy to to be like that that combo forward like basically you know can you be better than Amir Coffee and PJ Tucker that kind of guy Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So let's finish up with this. I, I think I, unless you have any other trade candidates that you're particularly fired up to talk about. Uh, not, uh, is, is there anyone I'm fired up to talk about? I don't know. Would you, would, do you think, uh, do you think Washington would listen to offers on Corey Kispert? Cause like, he'd be an interesting guy on like a good team, wouldn't he? Would San Antonio listen to offers on Doug McDermott? Cause they're the exact same <laughs> player. No, Kisp- Kispert's much better than McDermott at this point. Uh, like, maybe McDerm- at this point. Yeah. McDermott yeah. has turned into a pumpkin. Like he's, he's just not that valuable player. <sighs> Yeah, for a couple of, I mean, they have a lot of seconds already now. Like they have like every Phoenix second under the sun. I mean, I guess they would. Like he seems like at least they don't really have a ton of just. Despite being totally unathletic, they also don't really have that much shooting. So I, I guess he does still <laughs> fill an important role there. He still will like play reasonably hard, even if he never gets a rebound or a steal or a block shot. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I bet they would. It might be an interesting guy to go after, but you know, he's really sort of a bench piece, like not someone in my mind who has first round value right now. He, I, he might be a guy. He's still on the books for five point seven next year on the right team. If you were if you were a really good team that was going to have the 29th or thirtieth pick, let's say you might go, you might go ahead and look at that. Have we talked about Najee Marshall at all? Ooh. He's another guy. I think could, he's like, like kind of out of the rotation in New Orleans, at least when they're healthy. Yeah, he, he's a free agent this year. They probably can't afford to resign him. He's got a small cap hold. Yeah, he's unrestricted because they exercise his team option. Yes. No, I think he would be part of probably a larger move, which uh, would include the Pels getting out of the tax. Yes. With Kyra Lewis. But I, I think like the McDaniels, Najee Marshall, like not starters, but guys who could be in the back end rotation on a playoff team and not kill you if they have to come in and guard the other team's best player, at least for a little bit. And at least, you know, can like pretend to make some open shots and do a little bit with the ball. Yes. Yeah. I, I That's a good one. I like that. I think he's an interesting trade candidate because you're right. He 
doesn't really fit there because New Orleans just doesn't have enough shooting. They need to, they need to really they, they need to play the guys who can shoot. And so Murphy and Hawkins are always going to be the priority for those for those extra minutes around their main guys. Yeah, and also there's a little bit of taking the club out of the bag for Willie Green with Marshall too. To just <laughs> now, now he's important injury insurance. Yeah, but like he'll still play him sometimes when it's like the same way he used to with uh Devonte graham when he was on the team where just like playing 10 guys just to play 10 guys it's like how about you just play trey murphy seven more minutes a game instead yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, that's okay a, that's a good so, one. i yeah. hadn't i hadn't thought about him I, I i like that one yeah mostly just due to the financial situation for new orleans where you just it doesn't seem like and he's someone who could probably get you know six million seven million a year something yeah. like that i don't know if that if that fits in but i think he would be worth that as well you know they already have Dyson Daniels who's kind of in that same role that is going to be there they got Herb Jones they got Murphy so uh, like kudos to them for developing Marshall into a good player but he's just he's more valuable elsewhere yeah absolutely yeah and he's not gonna be on their team next year like you said so that's a good one uh Quentin Grimes is the guy who's getting some conversation lately yeah so that's a good question I I would say Uh, particularly because you know this is one where it's a little bit different of a trade where he would probably be part of a piece to in in a move for a better player than him in theory but as you just kind of look at it in a vacuum would you give up a first rounder to get Quentin Grimes like a a low first if you're a contending team I would probably look at that because he's he signed for 4.3 next year so especially if I was a team that had tax issues I would probably look pretty hard at that I don't think he's an amazing player but I think he's he's a he's an easy player to fit just because he's what's he gonna do right he's gonna defend he's gonna shoot a ton of threes like that that travels right you don't you don't have to change anything about your team really so i i i do think that that's a pretty good value proposition he's a little crowded out there in new york now if you look they they acquired ananobi yes they got rid of barrett but you still have uh divincenzo and hart there ahead of them ahead of him mcbride's playing as a second ball handler so that kind of cuts in a little bit so just not a lot of breathing room for him right now especially when the knicks are full strength but yeah like he is like he'll shoot threes I mean, he really has more of kind of the game of a three because he doesn't give you anything off the dribble whatsoever, even though he would probably like to give you more off the dribble. That just hasn't been the case so far. He can guard up some in some matchups. Like he's got pretty good strength. He's kind of like a Danny Green light. He doesn't provide that same sort of like rim protection and off ball defense that Danny Green does, but as just some of the same strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, would I give up if I knew my pick was going to be in the 20s to try to get him? And would the Knicks rather have just another first round pick that doesn't grow more and more expensive? Yeah. Maybe it just it doesn't seem like they're in a position where like they're gonna want a player back him, right? You would you would think so. You would think they wouldn't do it just to stockpile the war chest when they could probably do the same thing in the offseason. Yeah, and I do think like he still plays a role for them that I think it is important. And if anyone gets hurt, he immediately moves up the food chain, obviously. And so you so have to always plan for that as a team, too. But yeah, Quentin Grimes would be really useful on the Magic or the Pacers or yeah. uh, you know, Cleveland doesn't have a first to, to trade. If you're Philly, would you be interested there? It, it just I don't see the Knicks making a trade with like another East contender necessarily. Yeah, that would be they they would probably try to they would do it if Philly was willing to overpay, basically. But I, I just don't think Philly's in the market to use assets for that kind of move. Like I think if they do something, they're gonna swing bigger. 
Yeah, are there any other teams you think Grimes would be good on? There, there are teams that don't that aren't really capable of getting him. That you know, like we, could, he, could he be could <laughs> right? Good, exactly. Yeah. Could he be good with Phoenix? Yeah, probably. You know. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland, he would be a great fit on too. But again, a team that just doesn't have the assets to go get him, you would think. Yeah, that that'll be fascinating. But it seems like you know, I'm not sure what would your perspective be right now for the Knicks like what do you think of like this idea of them going after DeJounte Murray I just don't see how he helps I I just I don't love the the fit there I I don't I I guess I just don't see the angle it's sort of similar to how it is in Atlanta I mean Jalen Brunson's gonna be on the ball the whole time and when he isn't it's gonna be Julius Randle right so where does Murray fit into that and I, I so I think you run into the same issues you did in Atlanta and then Murray to the extent he's a good defender it's defending the one not defending wings so and we've seen that in Atlanta too so again what what are we doing here like I think you're just keeping him in a sub very suboptimal fit no I I'm in complete agreement there I I I think he he needs to go somewhere where he can be the one you know so that's but then you know are the Brooklyn Nets for example do they want to I think he would be an okay fit there but do they is that what they want to use their powder on I like I like him in Brooklyn. Uh, the the one that's like the other one that's sort of interesting. I just financially like this can't possibly work, right? Is Minnesota? Yeah, I don't. I, and well, and they don't have a player. Like it would have to be a player to send back. Like unless you know, in the off season they wanted to move uh, Jaden McDaniel's for him. That's really the only thing I think would work. But that you have to wait until McDaniel's extension kicked in. Yeah, if you're gonna do something now, because I think the idea would be to get another ball handler. So you wouldn't necessarily send out Conley. So what are you doing then? You're sending out like Nas Reed and Kyle Anderson or something? And there, I think the Magic could use Dejounte Murray for sure. Yes, do they I mean, want Orlando, Orlando I think is they're definitely at the point where they're going to be in the market for a point guard. I don't know if it's going to be at the trade deadline or next off season, but like they're 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 at that point now. They know they got to It's go time there. And then L.A. the the L.A. Lakers are the other team I think could really use Dejounte Murray. What? How would you see him fitting in there? He's just your starting one. You probably move Reeves in the deal. I, you know, I wouldn't move Reeves and their pick necessarily, and maybe that just isn't enough to get it done. But yeah. I think they need like if he's your worst defender and he plays the one, like he could be good in transition. Like they kind of need someone who can create a few more mid rangers as well. Like he's now, if he's your worst shooter on the perimeter, you actually like he's improved enough to where you feel fine with that. It's Yes. So he, he can play off of LeBron better than some of these guys. He can run pick and roll with AD. I think you know they, they really could use the 15th best point guard in basketball. Right, right. And he just gives them just a little more, just a little more pop athletically and some, some juice that way that they've kind of been missing. Let's close on, on this then. Okay. You know, Mark Stein reported Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. might be available for the Magic. The Magic are in an interesting spot. They fall into 22 and 18. They're looking like you know, they're probably going to be a play-in team at this point. Franz has been out. That's hurt them, uh, of course. But uh, I think they're kind of maybe about the same as the Pacers as like seven and eight. If the Knicks are healthy, you know, I think the the top six in the East, once Cleveland gets their guys back, is kind of starting to coalesce in my mind a little bit. Yeah. Miami, New York, and Cleveland, you got to think are the favorites to be four, five, six in some order. And then you get to, okay, now we're at Indiana and Orlando and everyone else. So there's that report from Mark Stein that Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr., the latter of which I find more intriguing, could be available. What What do you think they're... What's the thinking there? 
what are they looking to get is that just a sell-off are they trying to move a center for another position like what do you think would be the idea oh they're trying to get a guard all the way yeah yeah that that's that's absolutely their focus and so they they know maybe they can use carter as bait uh Fultz has an expiring contract so they're they're trying to see what's out there like Dejounte Murray in in Orlando I think makes a lot of sense too because he can play on the ball or he can still he's still good enough to play off the ball if Paulo and Franz are going to have the ball in their hands but it doesn't just have to be the Paulo and Franz show all the time and then he's like you said like if he's your one he's big enough to do uh you know some of these other things and Orlando still projects as like a huge team when you when you play against them so I I like the fit there his contract isn't even that bad um especially with that extension and he only counts for 18 against the cap right now I mean that's one of the things that makes him really attractive for the Lakers too is that he just doesn't exactly. have their hands the way like a Zach Levine would so uh you know obviously for Orlando Fultz is the guy who doesn't fit anymore because they have a bunch of other guards he's an expiring contract so that makes a bunch of sense Carter I think is more a guy that they're putting out there because they're trying to see what his market is and what they can get back because Goga and Mo Wagner have been so good that they know they don't necessarily need uh, to have Carter also. And they may transition to more lines with Palo at five too, as this thing progresses there. Do you think, uh, I've always really liked Wendell Carter. He struggled to stay healthy in his career, though a lot of that has been kind of like hand issues, which you hope, uh, unless your name's Chris Paul, hopefully are not going to be something that falls, follows you throughout your career. What would you think of yeah. this? Okay. Moses Moody and Kavon Looney for Wendell Carter. Yeah, I you know I I think he's an interesting guy for Golden State uh, because I do think he has some feel for playing around the elbows and stuff, which is how they like to play. He's a reluctant three point shooter still, but he can still make a shot. You know, you hear a lot that Golden State wants to get another big who can shoot uh, to open things up a little. Uh, Moody's fit in Orlando. I think it's pretty I mean, good because he can because he yeah. can shoot. I think he comes in there at that kind of backup two spot. Can play some of these minutes that maybe Caleb Houston or Gary Harris are playing and could play them at maybe a little higher level, especially going forward. Gary Harris is an expiring contract too. So I I do think he'd probably like that part. That's that's an interesting trade. I think Carter would be a very good fit in Golden State because he can him playing next to Draymond like he can switch. He's an underrated rim protector. Uh, you know he's not a great finisher, but hopefully can do enough there with you know playing off a of clay and stuff that it would still be okay. And you know maybe he can space out and shoot a little bit. Uh, can guard the post hopefully some. Uh, and like I, I like his defensive versatility. He's a good communicator. He can play in a lot of systems. So that that be I, I was surprised to hear that he was available potentially but yeah maybe that's just a, a trial balloon at this point because i do while i i've been impressed with what wagner and batadze have done for orlando i'm still i still think carter is like the highest upside option of those three yeah you would you would you would think it's just i mean on the court man like they i mean they've been better with those other guys like there's there's just no, no it's doubt true. about it so that that's a really interesting tough decision for the magic front office and again i think i do think at a basic level this is probably a little bit more fishing expedition where they're like okay well we have we have two centers let's at least see what this other 
other guy's worth. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if anything really happens yet. I'd, I'd be more, I'd find that more believable. Maybe if they've gone through a full season and like gone through a whatever the postseason ends up being for them and still feel that way going into the summer. And like, yes, we want to pay Goga as a, as a early bird free agent. And so there's, now we're paying three guys in the middle and we have Paulo also, like, let's move on here. But this it still feels a little early, I guess, unless they really get blown away with an offer. And Carter Jr. is only, he's just about to turn 25 and he's under contract for two more seasons, basically making like 12 and then declines to 11. It's a good, it's a good contract, especially for a team like Old State that has to sweat the small stuff on dollars. No, that, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. And, and I think Moody would be a decent fit next to Jalen Suggs in a Magic starting lineup that also has the playmaking of Franz and Paolo. And I think maybe you're just, if you're the Magic, you're like, hey, you know, we don't need to invest that much at the, at the center position. Yeah. Uh, go. I mean, I guess the other thing maybe why you do that deal is that you, you know, Goga has a tiny cap hold. If you're trying to use cap space this offseason, you can go that route more easily. Looney only has, I think, two, three million guaranteed. So you could move on from him if you wanted to in the offseason. Yeah, Magic will be fascinating. I, I, I don't know if they're... If they, if Franz doesn't get injured, if they're still, you know, like 10 games above 500, the way they were trending maybe uh, a month ago, because they've struggled the last month or so. Like they're well under 500. Their net rating is pretty ugly. Yeah. So I, I think may, maybe at that point you'd be willing to hit the gas. Maybe now you're sort of like, yeah, let's just see how this season plays out and uh, how Paolo and Franz continue to develop. And, you know, we'll use our cap space in the off season. And, you know, if we can get something for Fultz or Jonathan Isaac or something, we'll do that. Yeah. You know, I think the, Clippers are another team that would be really interesting for Wendell Carter. I don't think they have enough to get him, but they get to, you know, if you Oh, sure they do. Sure. If they gave up their 2030 first round pick, they would they would absolutely do that. But he's not better than Zubats, right? Like if they if they no, if no, the no. Clippers No, no, no. He would be yeah. he would be to upgrade on Plumley and Tice, you know. If you could do Yeah. PG but but then why does Orlando do that, right? Like that's I think I think to me the Clippers now if the Clippers could get their hands on Jonathan Isaac somehow like that would be perfect because he doesn't have to play that many minutes but he would give you like a potential small ball option. Oh, he'd be a great clipper. Not sh- oh, you, you think yeah. you think Kawhi missed games? But he, but the, he all he needs to do is last for like two months playing fifteen <laughs> minutes a game just to give them that small small ball look, right? Like, could they yeah. now? Would they like? I would think like giving up their twenty thirty first and PJ Tucker and you know Bones Highland to get Jonathan Isaac. That's you need someone more reliable if you're going to give up that twenty thirty first. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we can keep talking about this. As time goes on here, we're about three weeks away now from the 2024 trade deadline. And if you are listening on the free feed, I exhort you to subscribe to Dunked on Prime. Not only will you get every Hollinger and Duncan, you will get every episode wrapping up the trade deadline. You will get the mock trade deadline that we're going to do on Dunked on Prime. You'll get our salary sheets, the same stuff that I'm using to do this episode. You'll get a chance to look at those as well. It's not only just the salaries, but our projections for future salary cap space, which I think uh, most people would find pretty valuable. And also give us a subscription on YouTube because John and I make some really, really funny faces uh, at the start of every episode. So that's uh, Nate Duncan NBA on YouTube. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you all next time on Dunked on Prime. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.